Welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. These podcasts are designed to motivate, educate, and to inspire you to take huge action in your life, to change your life from this moment on. I interview inspiring guests with amazing stories that you can hopefully learn from, relate to, and spur you on to achieve big things. If you want to follow my personal journey and all the different things that we do, please follow me on Instagram, which is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property, or on YouTube, my page is Terry Blackburn property. Me, myself, I've been from rags to riches, had nothing. Now I've built multiple businesses in over millions of pounds. I have a multi-million pounds portfolio of property up in the northeast of England. I am by no means done yet. So please get in touch if you love the show. If you have any feedback for me, I'd really appreciate that. And I'm happy to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what this show is all about. So enjoy the episode. Take care. Have a fantastic day. And don't just take notes, take action. Just before the podcast starts, I just wanted to let you know, I've released a book on Amazon called Be a Lion. So Be A Lion is about how to dominate and how to be successful in every part of your life. The four main parts of your life being your business or your career, your property empire, your property business, uh, your health and fitness, and your relationships. Now, if you can be more successful in those four areas, business, property, health and fitness, and relationships, I imagine your life's going to be quite a bit better. It's not one or the other. It's not sacrificing your health and fitness in order to be successful at work. And it's not being really, really wealthy, you know, at the expense of your your relationship. You can be happy, successful content in every single part of your life. And the book does explain how I do that and how I believe you could replicate what I've done and just be a little bit better in each part of your life. So it's on Amazon, be a line. It's 15 quid, cost of a Domino's pizza. I'm sure... Everyone listening to this can afford 15 quid and it might just change you and it might just make you a little bit better in each part of your life. So pop on Amazon, grab it. That would be massively appreciated and enjoy this podcast. Have a fantastic day. Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Now, today's guest is a guy called Jesson James. I've got talking to Jesson online. Really, really good guy. Very knowledgeable businessman. He's a serial entrepreneur. He owns multiple businesses. He's built and sold multiple businesses. He's a business mentor. He does a lot of public speaking. He's won awards for that as well. He's an author and he's also appeared on Rich House, Poor House as one of the very genuine rich, quote unquote, rich people who actually gave something to the other families, which I love. So thank you so much for coming on, Jesson, and welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Terry. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that beautiful intro as well. I appreciate it. No problems, man. No problems. It was nice when I was researching someone just to find nothing but um, positive, great content, <laughs> really. So it was, it. it was really nice. We just had a really nice chat um, before before press record there as well. Yeah. Sound like, you know, he might take a person, he, you know, he's, he, he does really well, but he also gives back, which is what, what I really like. So, so fair play. So thank, um, you. thank you, Jason. So what we like to do on the show is just talk about the three sort of stages of your career so far. Yeah, this one is just how you got into becoming an entrepreneur. It's not mainly around property. This 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 episode, like a lot of the previous ones, around business yeah. and generally be, being an entrepreneur. So, just first of all, how it started. Second of all, would just be the growth section. So that is any key highlights of your career, any key mm-hmm. lessons that you want to share, um, and any main sort of highlights of your of that growth part of your career. Um, and then just the last part is just what your attention is on right now. 
yeah. uh, what you're looking at going forward and things like that. So could you start by just telling us how you first became an entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, for the purposes of the show, I'll keep this as short as I can. Being a, being a speaker, when someone tells me to speak, I'm like, how long, how long have I got? Um, but yeah, in terms of entrepreneurship, I, I, I guess I was always, I'm the only entrepreneur in my family. I was always fascinated by entrepreneurship growing up as a kid. Um, I started my first business when I was 11 years old. Um, I smuggled some fireworks into the country from Mauritius on our first family holiday. <laughs> I smuggled them in my mum's suitcase and then I got them out and I sold them in school, going well until someone decided to throw them off the top of a double-decker bus in their school uniform, got grassed up by, the, by one of the public and then obviously they told them who their dealer was. And it <laughs> that was the end of that business, that got shut down. Then I started doing punch shop. You're the first fireworks dealer I've had on the show. <laughs> I feel privileged. 11-year-old <laughs> fireworks dealer as well. Um, but yeah, no, it, and then I started doing tuck shop stuff. Because um, I noticed that the, the tuck shop used to sell in schools. I don't know if your listeners can, can, can remember, but we used to sell like sweets and stuff out of the, out of the you know, out, out, literally in our playground, they took a whole window out of one of the classrooms and were selling out the window. So then I started bringing in drinks, crisps, chocolates, and selling them out of my bag. That got shut down because I got caught. Wasn't supposed to be doing that as well. I'm not. I'm not a good advocate for business at the moment. I had two businesses shut down already. Um, and then, and then, at 15 years old, I walked into. Um, I don't know if some of your listeners can remember, but um, when Nokia first came out with these interchange interchangeable faces and the aerials and all this kind of stuff, and that, loads of mobile phones were getting trendy, and they had all these accessories and fun, funky stuff. So I walked into a mobile phone shop, one of these independent phone shops, and I, I blagged the owner to give me a literally a bin liner full of accessories and i said look i'll sell them to everybody at school i'll bring the money back and we'll we'll split the money and um i blagged my way to into that, that was my first no money down deal <laughs> got, the, got got those sold them to her and brought the money back and he, i can't remember how much i think it's like a tenner he like gave me a tenner i was like i just sold you freaking like 500 quid worth of freaking accessories give me a tenner but later on in life, I got the lesson that he or she who brings the most value to an equation gets paid the most. It was his shop. It was his stock. He put up the risk. Let's be fair, you know. But anyway, cut long story short, I, um, I, I, I then did the traditional route, education, went to university. I actually, people might not know this, but I qualified as a psychiatric nurse at university. Um, so I'm actually a psychiatric nurse. That's my background. Um, and um, before going into nursing, I thought, you know what? I love entrepreneurship. I'm going to give this business you know business like another go uh, and I did I launched a company I actually launched uh, a business um, 24 years old just out of university and I lost 65 grand in three months and um, yeah it hurt really badly um, but the reason it hurt is because I, I launched into an industry I knew nothing about um, I opened a Thailand bathroom warehouse what the hell was a nurse doing opening one of those it makes no bloody sense right um, so if anyone's listening, lesson number one in business, use what you already know. What do you already know? What are you already good at? You know, and, um, and I, didn't, I didn't do that. And that was a big, big error for me. So that's how I kind of first got into business, but went into employment off the back of that as a nurse because I got burnt. So I thought, well, let's just go back into work. Um, climbed the ranks really, really quickly in private healthcare because I worked for private sector. Uh, became the youngest ward manager in the UK at 27 years old. Uh, but a ward manager in the UK, you get... What is a ward manager? Sorry, I don't need a ward, a ward manager is someone who manages a whole ward, which means you've got to manage the staff, the team, the patients, the operations of that department, the PLs, the whole lot. Because it was run as a business, 
Um, so as a ward manager in, in, in the private sector, not only do you need to look after patients, look after your staff, you need to procure business. So I was given sales targets. I was like, what nurse gets bloody sales targets? This is mad, right? But exactly. So, um, but my, my job was to go out to the NHS and sell beds. And, um, you know, so, so bums on beds is what they called it. Uh, made my employer six and a half million pounds in two years uh, in sales. Um, and that just, just my department. And then tail end of the last recession, July 2009, they told me that they don't need me anymore. Uh, and my job was just taken away like that. And I don't know if anyone listening can, can sort of align with feeling betrayed, let down, you know, stabbed in the back off, giving your all to someone or something. But there's a lesson in that, right? There's a, there's a lesson in that. And the, the, the lesson was, you know, you know it, that wasn't my path. You know, and, and nothing in life is secure unless you secure it yourself. You've got to take responsibility. Like, there's a lot of people right now, Terry, like blaming employers for, you know, cutting their jobs or, 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 or letting them loose or whatever it might be. But look, you gave your boss permission to fire you the minute you signed an employment contract. Not, not, it's not set in stone. Right? Do you know what I mean? So, so I left, um, decided to go and use what I already knew, which was healthcare. Launched my own healthcare company, um, which was, um, we were talking before the show, which is when I stumbled upon a rent to rent strategy that I didn't even know I was bloody doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I created a, 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 a you know, service based, uh, community based uh, service, which was supportive living for adults with learning difficulties, mental illness. And to cut a long story short, mate, um, I, I, I grew that company really, really quickly, uh, doubled the size of it in the first 12 months. It wasn't easy. This is the short version. It wasn't easy. There's lots of, you know, stress with that, um, quadruple the income in the business in the first two years. But I had a problem, mate, which I'm, I'm pretty sure some of your listeners can uh, align with. And that was, I was the business. They, they, I didn't have a business. I had a job with a shit boss who didn't give me enough time off. <laughs> and um, but I had money. I had money. I, I, yeah, it's good money, nice house, nice car stuff. But everything was me. Like if I got sick, mate, for the next... You know, I don't know, if I got hospitalized for six months, the whole thing would have fallen apart. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to say to people who, you know, who get into business is please, and I'm going to say this with the utmost respect, you don't have the right to call yourself a business owner if you still operate it. You, you can't, you don't own it then. The business owns you. You've you got to understand it. And I say that with love to wake people up because you can only own a business if you can walk away right now and it's still running with you, like without you. I'm very grateful and blessed. I've got businesses I've got a perfume brand. I've got a perfume physical shop and online stuff. I'm not there. It's in Westfield in West London. I'm not there. The, the, it's making money. I'm just, it's a, now I can say I'm a business owner. But if I'm on the floor, sweating it out, managing the team, managing the staff, ordering stock, doing this, I don't own a business. I've got a job. And, and the same as my training company. I'm, I'm here with you on this podcast right now. My team are running the show. I, I'm, so I'm, I'm owning things. So, so what I had to do essentially in my care business was take everything that's in my head and put it into processes and systems, hire better people to run those processes and systems for me. Um, and to cut a long story short, that business made me financially free at the age of 31 and a millionaire two years later, which isn't bad for a nurse who got fired. Do, do, you, see, do you see what I mean? <laughs> um, can I just ask a few questions on that before we ju jump ahead? It's a great story. I think um, definitely lessons in there. The, the first one is, 
and I, I do agree with you. You said some people might be able to relate to that um, feeling betrayed. You obviously mm-hmm. built that business up, made them six and a half million quid in two years, and, and probably got the contacts, the contracts, and the connections that you set up for that business, and said, you know what, Jessen, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. Do you think that ignited a fire within you? Do you think that still stays with you today? What? What? And, and also, any advice for anybody else feeling that way right now? Hundred percent. I think. Um, for, for me, the biggest the biggest takeaway from that is to is to look what's what's the blessing in those situations because our brains are wired to go towards the bad, right? There's such a thing called negativity bias. Negativity bias is basically we're predisposed to go towards negativity, like all day long. Like they've done studies on this: a ten week old baby will stare longer at an angry face than someone who's smiling at them. Ten weeks old, because because we've got this biochemical makeup in our body that makes us go towards negativity and it stems from back in the caveman area era when we're programmed to, for survival so our brains are naturally predisposed to keeping us safe which basically means that's why, that's why the news is just full of it's like mass propaganda like you know keep everyone negative it's crazy but you know so so for me the biggest takeaway from that was you know what's the good in it like you know I always joke about this when I when I tell my stories to people and I say, look, don't get me wrong. At the time my boss fired me, I was sitting in the car park waiting for her to come out so I could run her ass over. <laughs> uh, obviously, I didn't. But the point is, is that I was hurt, man. I was like, I was, but then my, one of my mentors told me once, whenever you point one finger at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. And I could point my finger at her all day long, but what's the lesson in that? Take responsibility for your own future. Why did I put my future in someone else's hand, someone else's contract, whatever it might be? You know, so, so, so anyone right now is going through betrayal, let down. Um, the marketplace is, you know, is, is massively affected their business model. Um, you know, I, I speak to a lot of landlords who go, "Oh, my tenant trashed my property." Well, who let them in it? Who let who let them in it? Do, make your due diligence process a bit more robust like it's, it's like same like how people when well, i work with business owners oh i employed a member of staff and they're not doing their job who recruited them do, do, and it, it all revolves around business owners are going to me oh I, I tried to offer my products to someone and they didn't buy them it's their fault they've got no money why on earth were you talking to them in the first place for all my life revolves around now is cause not effect what's the cause like not the effect the effect is i lost my job great if i keep on focusing on that i'm going to blame 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 what's the cause the cause was i gave someone permission to find me how do i stop that from happening again so if people get onto this side of okay things are going to happen bad things adversity challenges problems we're all going through them we're all human beings but if we can get into the process of going right how did i create this and how can i stop it from happening again you start focusing on the blame. There's people out there right now blaming Boris Johnson all day long. But look, Boris doesn't even know what he's bloody doing half the time. He wakes up in the morning, combs his hair with a freaking balloon, and then gets to work. Like, how on earth? <laughs> like, seriously, like, what, what? why are you putting your hopes on him? Stop pointing fingers at him. Create your own economy. Stop asking Rishi Sunak for handouts. I'm not being mean here. I know people are struggling with money, struggling with bills. I get that. But why put yourself in a situation where you have to struggle in the first place? They've, they've said this before. If you were born broke, it's not your fault. If you die broke, that's a freaking choice. Everyone's got an option. 
Do, do you know what I mean? So just stop pointing fingers. So if anyone's going through bad times right now, what's the lesson in it? What's good about it? What have you learned from it? How can you avoid it happening again? There's always a blessing. So, so for me, even when I lose, I'm, I'm winning because I've, I've learned something. Do you see what I mean? So if people get to that mindset, then, then yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll process things better. Look that. I agree with everything you said. There's plenty of gems in there. There really is. And I think that, that it, if, if you drill all of that down, it comes down, down to a mindset, right? It's how you look at a particular situation. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, not a, it's not a coincidence that a lot of people are, who are high achievers look at these type situations in a similar light to what you just said there. They're looking for the solution, not the problem. They're looking at the positive, the blessing and the lesson. Um, and they're looking at, they're just looking at the wrong thing. The people who aren't high achievers are looking at the wrong thing, right? And okay. we'll be a little bit guilty of sometimes slipping into that. But yep. being disciplined enough to just, you know what, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Let, let, let's awareness. It's awareness. As long as you're aware of it, then, then you can catch I still do it. I'm like, why did they do that? Okay, Jason, okay, what's the cause? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. when you're aware of something, you can manage it. I'm not perfect. I still have my moments, but because I'm aware of it, I don't stay in that state for very, very long. Mm. Love that. Love that. Being self-aware is, is mm. really important attribute for sure and uh, one other thing you, i liked what you said and, and we've said it on this show before and, and i think it's just important to go back through it is you said something along the lines of you know your your boss was um demanding he was hard working you were loads of hours because you were your own boss right and 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 i completely agree and, and i've banned this drum quite a bit as people say i'm a business owner the worst mm. when they say i'm a ceo on linkedin and you're like you're not <laughs> just you but you, you legit agree the harsh truth is you do not have a business if you have to be there if you yeah. can't take six months three months six months 12 months off work and it doesn't if it crumbles if you're not there that's you're, you're right the harsh yeah. truth is it's not a business right so how do what's your what's your advice on because you're a businessman so i'm sure you've got advice on this what's your advice on if someone has just listened to that and they thought you know what if I was off work for six months, it would crumble or it wouldn't run as well. What's the first thing that they need to do in regards to processes and systems? How, how do they start doing that? What, what would you say to that? Before, even, before they even get into the processes and systems and the mechanics of it, it's, you've got to have the psychology to deploy all of this stuff. Because at the end of the day, every business owner who's embarking on this tipping point of, you know, getting other people to do stuff for them, systemizing their business, recruiting different people, all that kind of stuff. You, you've got to let go. You, you, you've got to learn to let go. Like, it's, I get it, it's your baby, it's your business, but you've also got to have the right mindset for this because at the end of the day, stop trying to find people who are like you. You're not going to find anyone in your team who's going to do your business, do what you do exactly like you. If you can find someone who could do it 80% as well, give them 20% to be themselves. Yeah, because because you've got to lower the bar on this, but you can't scale. You can, you literally cannot scale. Which so, so have the right mindset in the first place. Learn to let go, accept it. Okay. The second thing is, what's your vision? Forget the systems. Forget the processes. Like one, I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've personally, I'm very grateful because I've got a lot of my my circle of influence now. Very very high flyers, successful multimillionaires, friends, business partners, colleagues, and there's one attribute that we all have. We're super clear on where we're heading. And the how we don't worry about. This is my whole point. Like, if you're super clear on where you're heading, 
the how you don't worry about because things success doesn't happen in a linear fashion it doesn't happen when all your ducks are lined up it doesn't doesn't work like that what's your vision where do you want to go and a lot of business owners aren't super duper clear so when i say vision there's three areas of your life that you need to create your vision in your personal life what do you want your personal life to look like your professional life what do you want your business to look like and your financial life what do you want your money to be doing for you just only so like if you can create the vision in that now we can get to work because you've got something to work towards why because you are going to have those tough days you are going to have those failures you are going to have those setbacks you are going to have teething problems when you're scaling and you start to build a system that doesn't bloody work and now you've got to rebuild it you are going to recruit new people and they're going to mess up and you're going to have to replace them but all of that's worth it why because you know where you're heading and and if you don't know where you're heading you give up so have a vision obviously have the right mindset have a clear vision and then we can start to get to work on the areas of your business that you know you need to improve on like we've all got you know we've we've all got warning signs you should traffic like your business and go to it like, like hey look what's the red amber green sort of situation here like what area of my business right now is a red most business owners sales most of them cash flow cash flow so build a system for that first like if you're the only one responsible for selling in your business you're screwed because if you can't sell there's no income generating activity going on what about when you're delivering what you've sold income generation stops so so, so that's that that for me first area of business systemize sales get that working for you because that's the bloodline of your business people talk about cash is king absolutely right yes cash is king however cash might be king but sales is queen no sales no cash no cash no business so when people go i've got a cash flow problem yeah no shit. of course you've got a cash flow problem but it's not the cash that's the problem it's it's, it's it's linked to sales activity or lack of so if you can fix the sales flow quality leads conversions then the cash sorts itself out Do you know what i mean so so sort your sales process out is what i often say to people so there's lots there's lots there's so much more i, I mean i teach on this so there's so much more i can talk about it but not you know yeah to get someone started is, is get the right mindset learn to let go you can't look think of richard branson he sits on his freaking island all day and doesn't worry about the 150 odd brands that he owns why because he has the mindset to let go and actually let other people and, and higher quality people some people by the way who are better than him run his business and and that's that's why you've got to have the mindset i have people in my team right now who are way better than me way better than me i'm cool with that my self-worth is good i love myself i'm cool right and i have to have an ego around this so so you've got to work on yourself be willing to actually let go be willing to have better people around you be willing to not know everything it's absolutely fine i don't employ people to do jobs for me i employ them to actually do things that i don't know and i'm cool with that do, do, do you see what i mean so have that mindset have that vision and then get to work mm. love that as you were talking there, a lot of it comes down to something I heard someone say recently is just removing the ego, right? Like you said, some people yeah. will not, if they're interviewing somebody and this person seems better than them at sales, they'll feel threatened. Oh my yeah. God, I can't have this person in here. What happens yeah. if he, he takes over? What happens if he leaves? Us and all that, you know, um, I honestly, it, 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 it's great to hear someone talking like this because I don't think there's that many people that talk around business like this. Mm. And some of them are, aren't doing no. what they talk about. And I know you're doing both. You're doing it and you're talking about, which is, which is great. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask two things on, on what you said there. Um, mm. Me personally, for the businesses that I run, there's quite a few different companies. The hardest part for me is, is, is the staff. It is recruiting mm. the, 
it's recruiting and don't get us wrong, I've got some fantastic people in, in across my businesses. There's over a hundred employees yeah. helping people involved. Um, and we have got some unreal people in there, but it's still in order to scale, you've got to keep recruiting. I, I truly believe that it's never ending recruitment for me. Um, what advice would you give on recruitment on finding the best people? Um, well, yeah, that's the first question. I'll let you answer that one first before I give you the second. <laughs> um, a tip, actually. Um, I think we spend so much time trying to work out who our ideal client is. We, we, like, we create client avatars and then we go off and advertise to them and market to them, all that kind of stuff. But we don't spend enough time creating team avatars. So if you look at the core roles in your business, you know, from your CEOs to your ops directors, to your managing directors, to your accountants, to your, whoever you've got in your team, go and create avatars for these people. Not just you know, the demographics, not just like what age are they and what qualifications have they got, but, but what are the characteristics? What are the traits? What's the attitude? What are you looking for? right now obviously there's that saying higher attitude train skill now there's some jobs that like obviously if you're hiring for a web coder you can't train them on that like so you might have to lower the bar a little bit but the point is like what's the attitude that you want people to have and remember who's doing the hiring here okay hire out of inspiration not desperation i used to make this mistake all day long like, like you said i'm constantly on the churn looking for staff looking for teams looking for i used to hire out of desperation like i'm short staff i need staff right so you, what happens then when you're in a desperate state you lower your standards True. So, so i lowered my standards and then i paid for it later on just, just so so it, it's it's being super duper clear on what kind of people you want to have in your team now i'm very grateful and blessed because now like you know after building up my care business and making loads of mistakes and doing all that kind of stuff and even down to like i used, you know had, had salon businesses and stuff and things like that like every, everything revolved the less the biggest lesson for me culture and attitude what kind of culture am i creating what kind of attitude are the kind of people that i've got here so for me, the, cult, the culture is really, really important. It's really, really important. You want to have a, a culture where people feel like they belong. And it's not a job. It, 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 it's our business. Our business. And people want to belong. They just want to belong. It's what human beings want to do. They want to belong. And if you can work on actually attracting people who want to belong, not, not people who just want, to, want a job, people who, who are actually you know, looking for a career, there's a difference. Job's a job get paid, go home, done, finished, whatever, on to the next job. A career develops. So as an employer, what's the career pathway you're creating within your organization? So on our team away days, I'm like, right, these are new sites we're opening. This is the new programs we're launching. This is the new services that we're doing. This is blah, blah, blah. Where do you guys fit in? Where do you, where, where do you see you, you? Where do you see? Now I'm showing them that your role right now can evolve, develop, or get promoted. Like you can grow with us. I'm showing them. I'm showing them ways that they can actually earn commissions on certain things that we're offering and stuff. So they now feel like they're part of it. So, so culture that comes with culture. But you, you've you've got to bring in people who want to buy into that culture. I'm very clear with people when they when we recruit them. Like you know, I, mean, I don't do much of the recruiting now. My COO takes care of that. But like I I, I always say, talk to people, ask them, where do you see yourself ten years from now? What, what do you want to do? Is this a, be honest with me. Is this a job for you? Have you got other plans? Do you want to go somewhere else? What do you want to do? And if people tell us this is a stepping stone, we usually don't take them on. And the reason is, is because we're, I'm looking for longevity. 
I don't want to go through this process again and have to replace you later on. I want you to grow with us. So, so just having open, honest conversations. And look, the thing is, Terry, like, it's hard though, especially when you meet people. It's like, oh, I can't really afford yeah. to be that picky. It's hard about business for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, 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 but, but feed into the culture and attitude. Um, just have good quality people. I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed that I've got good people around me. Like I've, I've, I'm, I sometimes pinch myself. Like literally, I, I know I can just lay anything on them and they'll, do, they'll bend over backwards and, and get things done. I can tell them tomorrow, like, look, you know what, guys, I need some time out. I did literally before like, four or five weeks ago. I said, I need some time out. I just, I just left and I went to Cyprus for a week. I just left. And they were like, they, they actually, they said, good, go. We don't want you here. Like, you need to go and reach out. Like, honestly, it's like in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a nice way but like do you know what I mean it's like but that's a, that's a proper business though right if, if if your staff are absolutely fine with that and they're not panicking and they're not worried and they don't even know well what about this and what about that no. you just go they were that's, good they were good they were good you know and and, yeah. and they, care, they care about me and that's they they, they care they, and when I say they care about me they, they care to the point where this is their business so any decisions they make they're making it as if it was their own so I guess what I'm trying to say is the, the one of the cultures as a business owner that you need to create is create entrepreneurs in your business, people who are entrepreneurial inside your organization because then they think like you. You know, you don't have to have these conversations about, you know, why you need to save money, why you need to not waste, like leave the freaking lights on all the time, this and that, because it's, you know, it, it affects the PLs, you know, all this kind of stuff. That, so they're thinking about this rather than wasting, you know, not doing silly things like taking time out for no reason or, you know, you know going on jollies disguised as freaking staff training days, you know, and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, we don't, I don't want employee mindset here. You can't grow a business with an employee mindset. So, so if you can teach your business, one last thing on this, business owners are scared to teach their staff to be more entrepreneurial because they're scared their staff will go off and run their own business. I'm telling you now, yeah. it's, it's scary out there. Not everyone wants to go and launch their own company. They, they've got this whole myth saying that, oh, only, only 5% of the, of the population want to be entrepreneurs. Bollocks. I can ask anyone in the street right now, if I gave you your own business, your own boss, working your own hours, getting paid as much as you want, would you be in? I bet you 95% of the population want to be entrepreneurs. Only 5% freaking do it. That's the difference. You know what I mean? So, so not everyone wants to do it, man. Not everyone wants to do it. Yeah, again, I think that's a, another really good point. Um, because they don't. You might think, I think the problem is, as the business owner, just because you think like that, and you think if anyone gives me a chance like that, I'll definitely do it because you're already doing it. But you then think they're going to think the same. I've got like my main business, life insurance and mortgages, they're all self-employed, right? So there's quite a lot of them. They're all yeah. basically with their own business within my business. Yeah. Find their own leads. They're very good at sales. They get paid a commission for every deal that they do. Yeah. I would think that a lot of them would want to set up their own business. And I've, I've actually sat them down in a, in, a, in a big team meeting and said, like, who would like to progress and do this? These are the pros. These are the cons. There's obviously a lot of cons, but there's a lot of pros too. Yeah. And I thought in my own head, right, at least I was thinking like 70%. It was literally about 20% that yeah. I want to do this. But then loads of them completely surprised me and said, I don't want the hassle. I'm happy yeah. doing what I'm doing now. I'm content. I'm, I'm earning good money. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying life. I don't want all the extra responsibility. Mm. And that, I, I was shocked by the take-up. But you, you <laughs> come to me, everybody, they might want to, but then when they see what they actually have to do, oh, yeah, boy. It, it's not all rosy. 
And you see on Instagram, it, there's a lot of shit that comes with it. Right? This is it. So, so don't assume everyone wants to go and do that. It's 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 not the truth. No, you saw right. It's all right. Um, just one one last one on that, on that section. You mentioned about sales and a lot of a lot of businesses struggle on that aspect. What's your advice for recruiting good salespeople? Um, again, culture and vision. Yeah, um, but it's also. <laughs> For, for you, sorry to jump in there. Is, for you, Justin, is it all about, it's just about the person because the skills are learnable. Is that is that kind of... Yeah, with sales, obviously, you want to make sure you've got someone who is the right skill match. You know, obviously, there's something in business called skill mapping. You know, make sure you're putting the right person in the right position in your organization. Like, you're not going to put a timid, shy person in sales because they're going to shit themselves. Like, there's no, yeah. no point, right? So so it's the wrong skill map. You put them back of office instead. So So... You want to find someone who's who's got that, you know, that is character. For me, it's character. Like, not everyone can sell. Like, we talked about Grant Cardone earlier and all this kind of stuff, right? You know, like, that guy's louder than anything, right? You know, and if anything, it's his confidence that sells, you know. So, you could be the best salesperson in the world, but if you've got no confidence, then you're not going to sell what you're doing. So, so in terms of, if I was recruiting salespeople right now, what I'm looking for is, is are there people right now um, who, who are certain in their ability, if I gave them a good lead and a good product to sell it, how certain are they? Because we can train them, give them scripts, we can do all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. Are they certain? Have they got charisma? They've got character? Because at the end of the day, as long as you've got those things, then you can go and sell. But like, if you don't have, look, if you don't have the character, then you're not going to get far in life. Like business is about energy. It's about having the personality. It's about having the right, talking to people, communicating to people. Like there's people out there that I, I, I don't even know how they're in business anymore, right? You know, so like, I remember like <laughs> I did a talk um, just before lockdown to 200 estate agents. I got asked by someone to come up and do a talk in London. 200 estate agents in the room. It's probably upset some of your followers if they're, if they're uh, estate agents, but I apologize in advance. But I was being honest. Um, I was on stage, 20 minutes into my presentation, there's no energy, they're not responding, they're not, I stopped the whole presentation, I went, okay, raise your hand if you're in sales. All of their hands went up, clearly, because they're estate agents. And now, with all due respect, you can't be in sales if you've got the personality of a fucking doorknob, right? Like, <laughs> and like, the, the room went dead silent, the promoters at the back of the room going, no, what did you say? Um, but you know what happened, Terry, after that? Not all of them, but a massive amount of the room came up to me after the talk and said, thank you for talking to us like that because you woke us up. And that's my whole point. Like you want someone to give you money, but you can't even be nice. You can't even be courteous. You can't even be personable. You can't even talk to them and understand them and be kind and, you know, just have a conversation with people, help them to buy. I always say to people, don't sell to people, help someone to buy they're going to buy anyway so sales for me is an educational process to help, help someone make an informed choice that's all it is so when you sell to someone and push them they don't like doing it so so for me you know charisma character these things are really, really important and then you can drop them into your role your salesperson because think about it they're like on the front line of your business yeah so they're on the front line of your business. They, they've also got to buy into your cultures and values because otherwise there'd be a disconnect. So, so this is why the whole team needs to be aligned. Otherwise, the salesperson can be really good and really aligned and really charismatic. And then you pass them to a boring back office person, you've screwed the whole, the, the, the whole thing, the whole experience, right? So, so if you're recruiting for salespeople, 
make sure make sure you're, you're recruiting people who, who've got care compassion as well not someone who just wants to make money money's great of course they all want to make money but then again because of money there's two things that make people act crazy money and love these two things make people act like in really crazy ways and sometimes salespeople can do some crazy stuff just to hit their targets and that's great for you as a business owner but if the client gets screwed in the process that's not cool on the long term yeah M- morals over money yeah man 100 percent um Okay, cool. No, thanks for that. I think that's um, that's some good advice for the listeners. So, so thanks for sharing. Right. So, j- just going back, so give us two key highlights in your career, something that you're really, really proud of in any one of your businesses. Um, yeah, I think that'd be good, and, and maybe something that there's a lesson within it would be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I guess my, one of my proudest moments when I started my care business actually was. Um, I don't know. If, well, I might go into the ins and outs of it, but but when you're when you're registering a care service, it needs to be commissioned and approved by local authority and certain standards, care quality commission, all this kind of stuff that needs to go through that. So I remember um, setting up my first service um, and social services turning up. Um, not the commissioner, just the social worker. She turned up to have a look at the kind of rooms that I've got and stuff, and and whether they would think. And uh, Terry, she laughed at me. She looked at the place and went, this is too small. Nah, we'd never, never register this. We might as well give up now. So that's what she said to me. I, mate, I felt like I got smacked in the stomach. I felt like winded. Like I poured blood, sweat and tears into this. And they were telling me like, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. She's not the commissioner, is she? So I still pushed through with the application. Um, the day of my assessment, because they come down to this, they sit you down, they look for your policies and procedures. They talk to you, blah, blah, blah. They turned around, it's at 5 p.m., mate, 5 p.m. I think they were just hell-bent on not registering me. 5 p.m., they said to me, well, to be honest, unless you have this policy, this policy, this policy in place, and a member of staff for us to interview by 9 a.m. tomorrow, we're not going to register you. It's fucking 5 o'clock, man. Like, where am I going to find a member of staff? <laughs> and I thought, there's always a way. There's always a way. I haven't come this far to, to, get, to, to get knocked back. And I, that, that, my, my care business was in London. I, I, I'd moved to Kent. I, I, you know, I live in Kent now. Um, so I remember driving home to Kent, um, thinking, right, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I thought, well, if I stayed up all night, I could actually type these policies up. So I thought, sorry, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to pull on all night. I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, but then I still have a member of staff that I need to find for them to interview. Now, again, got resourceful. There was, I hadn't opened the service yet, so I didn't have any staff. I had people I'd interviewed and stuff and whatever, but I hadn't given them a job because, you know, I think. So I remember ringing one of the guys who, who I'd interviewed and, and I said to him, Leandro was his name. I said, Leandro, um, do me a favor, please, buddy. I know I haven't recruited you yet, um, but I might not even have a job to give you if I don't do this. Um, would you be available to meet me at the home nine o'clock tomorrow morning? I know it's short notice. I know it's the night time now. Um, and because and, the social service want to speak to you. If I do a quick um, DBS check, CRB check, all that, what they used to call it back then, on you and, and, and produce that to them in the morning, um, would you be willing to sit through that? And he, it just so happens he was off that morning. And he said, no worries, Jess, I'll come down. I turn up, at, I turn up, um, turn up there. They show up at nine o'clock with a smug look on their face because they knew that oh, we're just gonna, it's going to be easy in and out and we're going to not register him. And there was the member of staff. There was all the documents that they needed. And I was like, what now? You know, and they went, you know what, we got nothing to say. So that's when they registered me. Um, and it was a proud moment for me because I could have given up. I could have stopped, you know, and would up, right? 100%, 100%. Um, there's always, and so I suppose back to what your question was, 
there's always a lesson in everything, there's always a way. There's always a way. There's, it might not be your way, but there's always a way. You know, and if you can get resourceful, you'll find it. You know, and like as that's you know, as Bob Marley said, right? You don't know how strong you are until being strong is the only chance you got, the only option you got, right? So we, we can be incredibly resourceful as human beings. We just we just choose not to. Like a lot of your, your listeners who are in property, for example, they go, Well, I can't find 20 grand to do a property deal. I can't find investors. Well, if I told you you need to find 20 grand by tonight to have life-saving surgery, otherwise you die. What would you do? You'd find twenty grand, wouldn't you? Exactly. Do something because so what's changed? Resourcefulness. Do you, do you know what I mean? So there's always a way, you know. So so that was, I suppose, one of the, the proudest moments of my my career. Um, and then and then the second most proudest moment was waking up one morning, realizing that I didn't need to go into work. Um, and and every I almost felt I'm feeling it now. I almost felt emotional in that moment because I was like. Everything I poured into this business, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the vision I created, the, like people weren't with me when I was sleeping on the floor in my own care home because I couldn't afford staff, sweeping the floors, mopping the floors, cleaning toilets, bathing freaking people, cooking meals, running 24-hour shifts because I couldn't afford staff. No one was with me when I was doing all of that, getting knocked back after knockback, back, cash flow problems, owning a tax man, all kinds of shit. I went through all this stuff and I woke up one morning, I was financially free. And... I was like, fucking hell, everything that I went through had led to this, this moment and it was worth it. So, so again, what's the lesson in that? Have your vision, have your vision and don't settle until you get there. A, a vision is not, by the way, people often say, well, I'm going to put a date on my vision. Visions, visions are not a goal. Visions are a way of life. It's not a goal. It's, there's, no, there's no date on it. It, you'll know when you get there. Do you, do you know what I mean? So like, you can't say to right, in five years, I'm going to be living my best life. It does my heading when people do this manifestation shit over in five years. I'm gonna be fuck that man. Like you're you're literally like your vision can happen tomorrow if you really want it to. There's no timeline on it. If you like who in their right mind, Terry, would know we'd be where we were five years ago. We're for a freaking pandemic, all kinds of no one could predict all this stuff. So stop giving yourself these five-year targets, 10-year targets, it's all nonsense. Live for the next 12 months. Because if you can live for the next 12 months, the next five years take care of themselves. If everything you do in the next 12 months align with your vision, you'll get there eventually. Do, do, do you see what I mean? So everything that I was doing, even the stuff that I didn't like, because by the way, there's lots of people listening right now that think business is all rosy. Now, there's stuff you're going to have to do that you don't like. I know people tell you, oh, you've got to do what you're passionate about. Follow your passion. Well, be passionate about the process, not the prize. Be passionate about the process, not the prize. The prize is the vision, whatever it is, the end goal. Be passionate about the, about, about the process. What does that mean? Be passionate about getting the knockbacks. Be passionate about failing. Be passionate about the setbacks. Be passionate about people laughing at you. Be passionate about making mistakes. Be passionate about losing money. Be passionate about losing people. It's, be, it's part of the process. Be passionate about the process, not the prize, because the prize will come. Because the funny thing is, is that if you're not appreciating this part of business, you've got no right to appreciate the fruits of it later on. That's just the way my mind works. So that moment for me was, 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 you know, was all of that. It was all worth it. It was all worth it in the end. Passionate about the process. I've never heard that one before. I love that one. <laughs> you saw right? Because, yeah, if you're passionate about ev even the, and I, I say that same thing you said there to people is, you, you don't have to just do what you enjoy because if you did, you probably wouldn't achieve that much if you okay. just do what you enjoy. Yeah. Like, 
you just wouldn't, would you? Because you've got to do things that you don't enjoy. 100%. So, but yeah, I'm with you on that. But passionate about the process is the is a great one. I, I really like that. Um, last, love it. Um, question that, from something that you said there. Um, you know, focusing on your vision. So I've achieved my vision, but I moved the vision. And like, would you recommend continually moving that vision once you achieve, once you get to where you want to be financially or in your family life, mm -hmm. your personal life, your business, as well as your financial stuff? Once you get there, yeah, I, I personally found that I need. I didn't lose purpose, but I like. I remember feeling a little bit like I need something else. Now, just in a basic goal setting exercise, set some mm -hmm. things that I wanted and set the next vision. Yeah. What advice would you give on that about? Or would you say that you should just have your vision and just live it? Or, or would you, I know everyone's different, but what would you say on that sort of side of it? Moving the vision, changing the vision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're, there's that saying, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. You know, you, 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 all of us, you know, we set goals and then we achieve them and there's something missing because we want to set more. And that's actually how your, your brain works. So there's part, your unconscious mind, one of the primary directors of your unconscious mind is actually to want more of what's good for you. So this doesn't always work that well because when you go out on a Friday night and have one drink and it, it feels like it's good for you, it ends up into spiraling out of control and you're getting shit-faced and ending up freaking with a dirty kebab and getting thrown into a cab at the end of the night, right? So like... <laughs> <laughs> on the weekend, bank holiday. There you go. <laughs> so you might have... Yeah, yeah, these drinks are good for me. No, but when it comes... Goal setting and goal getting are two different things. Once you set the goal and then you get the goal... Your mind goes, oh, that was good. What else can I do? So, so it's, you, you can't fight that natural instinct of wanting more. That's what your unconscious mind does. What happens when you, when you make money? What do you want to do? Make more. It, it's, it's, it's a natural. You can't, you can't fight it. So it's the same with this. So in terms of vision, whenever I like, so I'm, I've got a business school. So when, when, I'm, when I'm, I, I teach vision at my business school, like we create visions while we're there. I always get people to create the vision. With, with the view for it to expand, not change, expand. There's got to be expansion space within your vision. So for example, um, Terry, for example, one of your visions was to actually perhaps create this company that you've got right now, where you've got all these people working with you. Um, you get to live a really cool life and so do they. Yeah, so it's like an ecosystem and they all feed of each other. So it doesn't mean now you go off and do something different. What happens if you expand that? Did you do something like that? What happens if you now take that model you've got and do it in America? Do it in Australia? Do it in Europe? Do, 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 we're now expanding on what you've already got, not changing the vision, not moving the vision. So, so, so create your vision with movement, with, with not saying movement, expansion space. Like, so how can you expand it? If you're living your best life personally, for example, you've bought your dream home. Well, what if you bought a mansion instead? I'm just saying, this, you don't have to change the vision, but could you expand what you've already got? Do, do so, it, it, this is what, so, so, so for me, if, you, if there's expansion space, and it always will be another level, I don't care what industry you're in, I don't care what business you're in, I don't care what life you're living right now, there's always another level. There's always another level. So create your vision with the view to expand it once you've got to, quote unquote, that dream life, whatever it might be. Because then otherwise you're going to be discontent. Like you just said, it's going to feel like something's missing. What is it? Yeah, I remember feeling just flat and like, yeah, 
that's not myself out with pretty quickly, but I, I, you hear a lot of stories like this, don't you? Someone sells the business and then they get depressed, or then the pretty worst case, you know, yeah. themselves something horrific because they've lost that purpose and they regret it. And 100%. I think it's because it, it's important. It's also it's good to talk about this because it's there's loads of content online about how to get your goal and how to push yourself on and be motivated and inspired mm-hmm. and all these things. But they don't really talk about once you've got there, what then? You know, no. what next? How do you keep motivated? How do you keep, you know, yeah, you get up and go? You know, I, I think that's kind of what you talked about there is, is expanding on the goal. But, but on the flip side of that, if you get there and, and you are living that life of your absolute dreams, like you don't need to change that neither. There's no pressure to say that you have to expand it or have to change it. You know, you might be very content. Just Yeah, just and, and it's personal, man. It's like, it depends on what you want. Like I've worked with... Like, I had a lady come to my, my business school last year, and I, I kid you not, her vision, again, you know, compared to my way of thinking, wasn't that big. Like, what she wanted in her personal, professional, financial life, it was good, but it was, I was like, there's so much more potential in those three areas. That, but she's content. It's what she wants. And that's what we've got to understand. Like, what do you want? Forget what everybody else says to you. Forget what your freaking coach says to you, your mentor says to you. Like, what do you want? I've got clients who are happy with just this. Cool. That's absolutely fine. As long as you don't turn up five years later and say, I'm bored, then fine. Live your life. If you're content, you're content. This is absolutely fine. I've got clients who actually don't want to exit their business at all. They want to systemize it, but they still want to be in there because it gives them purpose. Fine. It's absolutely fine. It's not a problem. Don't make a thing a thing. Like I always say to people, don't make a thing a thing. Like just because like someone else says you should do it doesn't mean you should go and do it. But you know, as long as you're content and you're happy and it's sustainable happiness, not just a temporary fix, then knock yourself out. My vision is going to be different to yours. Yours is going to be different to someone else's, all that kind of stuff. So we must, we must also not impose our own way of thinking on other people. For some people, they're content with what it is. But I always say, whatever you're doing, there's always another level. So if you do get bored, expand what you've already got rather than change direction completely. Probably an easier transition as well. That yeah, love that. Um, the last part of the the main sort of theme of the the episode is what your attention is on right now. But what's the vision right now for Jess and James? What's your vision? Global domination. Uh, <laughs> um, the, well, the vision is so. So I started. Um, after doing Rich House Poor House um, in March 2020 um, lockdown, I yeah, everyone wanted to lockdown, and I started uh, a private Facebook community to support people uh, called Billion Lives Changed. And the reason I started that is because I just knew people were going to struggle during lockdown. I just I just knew it, and I thought, how can I help? How can I help people? Um, I'm going to take my background in psychiatric nursing. I'm going to take all my background in neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, everything I know about the human brain. And I'm going to pour into people every single day until we get out of this mess. And I just launched this group in March 2020. As soon as we went into lockdown, the week after, March 28th of March uh, 2020, I launched this group, uh, Billion Lives Changed. Every morning, 9.30 a.m., I'd go live in that group for 20 minutes or so, teaching people mindset, resilience, how to get out of stress, depression, tips, techniques, all that kind of stuff. That group grew from like 100 people to like you know, over 7,000 people now. Um, just 
but put me every, um, when I say every day, Terry, every day. I had COVID. I was still going live in that group. Um, yeah. I was. I was. It was New Year's Eve, December thirty first, twenty twenty. I was doing a free goal setting masterclass for everyone in that group. I had my flip chart out, everything like with, with the background and all that kind of stuff. And all this, I had COVID. My team were watching it. I got massively told off after doing that live, and they said to me like, "You need to go to bed. You need to get like literally get into bed." But like. I, I'm a, my mind didn't want to accept that my body was ill so, so it's like I'm not but the minute I stopped like I just fell flat like you know and unfortunately I wasn't that ill but like what I'm trying to say is is that, that I, I wanted to help people and I've been going live in that group I now have a team of ambassadors who support me to do it and who, who go live as well but me personally um, I, I went live in that group for over a year every single day I was away I was abroad you know, I was in holiday. It doesn't matter where I was in the world. I'd be tuning into that group because people needed me. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is, is that what's, what's, what's next? What's in the pipeline? Um, I want to fulfill that mission. A billion lives changed means for me impacting a billion lives, but I can't do it on my own. So if I can pour into other people, they can pour into others. That's how you create that ripple effect. So I'm very grateful and blessed that thousands of people have come through the group who have changed their own mindset, changed their own lives, have gone off to pour into other people. And like, Terry, when I'm telling you the impact, it's like this. When I get a message from someone saying, Jess, I was going to take my life today until I heard you speak. Well, like, who am I to keep my mouth shut? Do, 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 do you know what I mean? So if I'm literally saving people's lives by pouring into them, then I'm not going to stop that. Do, do you see what I mean? So, so for me, Everything that I'm doing now is must align with how can we impact a billion lives, whether that's through my mentorship, whether that's through my guidance, my charity work, supporting others, training people, empowering people. You know, everything I, everything I do, my team knows everything that we do within our, our, our training business as a whole. You know, like my, my, my other businesses are different, but my, my training business is ultimately for me is, is where this stems from, is how can we have global impact now? in helping people all across the world. And lockdown was a great thing for me because I was able to uh, run virtual events, which I never ran before. I was able to do virtual talks. I was, um, some of my, my promoters, I, I got a new promoter during lockdown, a global promoter, one of the biggest promoters in the world, put me on stage with Deepak Chopra, Robin Sharma, Les Brown, all these people. I'm like, wow, these are people I used to watch on YouTube, right? Now, Les Brown starts to quote me. He was on stage after me and he heard my talk and he started using my words in his talk. I'm like, bloody hell, this is crazy. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I would never have had that impact if it weren't for lockdown. But as a result of that, I've got new clients and followers all over the world now in Caribbean to like South Africa to parts of the world where people would have never have known who Justin James was. And, and, and it's beautiful because that's, that's, that's how we create that ripple effect. If I can make someone a better person, it will naturally pour into someone else in their own world. Do you see what I mean? If I, business owners, if I can make you a better business owner, I'll make you a better parent, a better sibling, a better partner. Do you see what I mean? It all, it all, it all is a ripple effect. Do you see what I mean? So everything I, I do now revolves around that. So, so for me, that's, that's what's next. What's next is making this world um, way better than what it is, you know, by, by, a small little goal then is it just like, <laughs> yeah. just a small goal to do in my spare time um, no, <laughs> well i've got expansion for that <laughs> no but it's no it is it is and, and i think we can only affect change by 
by pouring into into other people and and teaching people resourcefulness not how to rely on others you know like i've got like right now this afternoon uh, my pr agents coming along cuz cuz you know we're going to talk about strategies of um you know what you know she's basically going to get me onto sky news bbc news all this kind of stuff and go and do talks and i am clearly as you know i'm very vocal i'll talk my mind i'll say how i feel but also at the same time i, I want to challenge the status quo and i think like people are out there blaming freaking the government all the time but the government with all due respect are not teaching people to be more resourceful they're teaching them through our handouts so it's like a i know it's a control thing but it's a vicious ecosystem isn't it rather than pour into people and help them be more resourceful create their own economies be more you know financially literate all this kind of stuff like why isn't this stuff being taught in school why are they not teaching mental health awareness in school why are they not teaching personal development in school why are they not teaching financial management in school money management most kids leave school broke and they're being taught by broke teachers are you fucking serious do, do, do you see what i mean like it's go to the root what's the root what's the truth let's fix that let's stop trying to put plasters on bandages they're only going to fall off you know so so for me it's like it, it's it's how can we create that movement without having to again rely on the government i'm going to do it myself I'm not going to wait for anybody else to to do that, you know. So so I think that's that's where I want to be. Yeah. Love that. I think it's a great thing that you're doing and I'll check out the Facebook group for sure. I think um Please do, please do. And there's there's gotta be, you know, there's a lot of people talk about the change in the school system. There's gotta be someone that does it, right? Well be someone. Um absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wish it all the best of luck, mate, because I'd I'm with you on that mission, man. It's gotta be it, it, someone's got to do it and it's something that needs to be done not just mm. in, in you know newcastle it, it's worldwide it needs done everywhere right 100 um, love that um thanks jess and it's been a great episode um just before we wrap up the question yeah. i ask everybody is at the end is the show is called the rags to riches show um but what does being rich mean to you because you can be rich in monetary terms financial assets relationships experience, mm. whatever so what does being rich what does that phrase mean to you for me it means can i sleep at night that's what it means um so you can have all the money in the world but if you trample over people to get that money then you you're an asshole you shouldn't be sleeping at night do, do, do you know what i mean so so uh, <laughs> so can i sleep at night that means you know am i making money ethically am i creating opportunities for others am i pouring into others am i making this world a better place am i doing the right things am i being a good person am i being a decent human being am i being a good parent you know am i providing for the right people like like for, for me you know all of these things matter but also am i happy with myself cuz cuz you i know a lot of rich unhappy people i know people who've got money but I've got low self-worth who don't feel they deserve it who are not happy in their relationships not happy in themselves just something like all this kind of stuff so being being rich for me is is it's about being being wealthy like wealth comes in in different forms but wealthy means being being having an abundance in all areas of your life yeah your health everything like for me I can't just have money I can't just like I've, I've got to be content I've got to be growing I've got to be stretching you know to the point where like I mean I've, I'm I'm set myself a new target I'm always wanting to do new I've set myself a new target I'm actually fighting uh, my first boxing fight I'm fighting at the the O2 arena on the 10th of July um you know so like again people my team were going what's wrong with you like don't you don't need to do this stuff and I'm like yeah but I don't I felt like I needed to push myself like I'm I'm currently in boot camp like at the moment my training like, like it's like it's extreme I'm training like 7 8 9 10 times a week 
it's crazy stuff, but pushing new boundaries. Because for me, it, it, it makes me feel fulfilled. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing something, I'm growing. So, so richness comes in different, in different forms, but you know, it's, you know, a lot of your listeners will be focusing around money, which is fine, but can you sleep at night? That, that's, that's really important. And, and another thing about sleeping at night is, can you honestly go to bed at night and say you gave today your best shot? Because if you didn't, then wake up tomorrow and do something about it. Because some of us, we're, we're, we're actually beating ourselves up for not getting the results that we want, but we haven't actually been putting in the effort. So can you go to bed at night hand on heart saying I've done everything I can do and some today and tomorrow's another day. If you can't do that, then you deserve to not sleep tonight. Just being honest. Because you should be thinking about, you know what, fuck that. Tomorrow morning I'm going to kill it. I'm going to smash it. I'm going to, do you know what I mean? So so earn your sleep is what I would say. Earn your sleep. It's really important. <laughs> I you get out of bed, you're setting your head into the pillow, you because you should have done that. Much. Yeah, man. But the, the thing, just to add to that as well, people people who are actually honest with themselves mm. and they get to bed on this evening or whenever they listen to this and they haven't, some of those people are still expecting the results of someone who has done everything. 100%. It's just lying, right? You, you can't work part-time hours and get a full-time income. Right? It's not going to happen. can't. Um, and I love that. And just being honest with yourself. And one of the points we've already mentioned is being self-aware and, and being honest with yourself. Jessen, I think it's been um, one of the best. Loved it. Um, Thank you. you. Just speak yeah, gems, don't you? Just, <laughs> and I, if, if I didn't keep asking questions, we'd just go on and on, on. But um, absolutely. Thank you so much. If anyone Better. wants to reach out to you, Jess, and if anyone wants to find you, follow your journey, look at your businesses or anything, yeah, what is the best way for them to reach out and to follow? Yeah, you? yeah. I, I mean, you can you can follow me across all my socials. I mean, if you just look for for at Jess and James underscore official on Instagram or Facebook or you know YouTube, LinkedIn. And my team has even got me on bloody TikTok now, so you, I'm all over the place. Um, you won't catch me doing any funky dances, though. But, um, but, but yeah, you, or you can just go to jessandjames.com as well. We'll have all the, all the handles there as well. You can reach out to me. Uh, but, yeah, look, connect, um, follow me. And you know, I always say to people, um, if there's someone that you connect with and align with, it doesn't mean you need to buy something from them or whatever it might be. It's just, it's just surround yourself with better people. Like, follow people who, like you said, speak the truth. You know, I have a lot of followers, especially after doing Rich House, Poor House, who don't actually have a lot of money, but they follow me because of my values and my integrity and, and my approach and my message. And, you know, and if anything I've said to any of your listeners right now, vibrates, listens, you know, it hits something within them, whether they're a business owner or someone who's struggling personally, mentally, whatever it might be, just follow my journey. Fill your newsfeed up with better things. Yes. You know, so follow more inspirational people like myself, you, you as well, you know, like just, just follow good people. And, and then eventually all the crap will just drown itself out. Amazing. Now, just thank you so, so much, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. Pleasure. You too. Take care. Hi, everyone. Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could pop on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the more attention the podcast gets. And then it enables me to get even better guests and give even more inspiration and even more motivation to you guys. So I'd really appreciate it if you popped onto Apple Podcasts, left us a review, shared the podcast with your friends and family, um, plenty on social media to try and grow the podcast, which enables me to inspire you guys even more. Thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful. I really appreciate it and have a fantastic day.